Hello, hello, hello. It is Anita Love to Hate to Hate coming to you guys from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. It is sweet Sunday. God is good. He blesses me. My family's blessed. Oh, well, you know, another day above ground is always a blessing. Thank you all for tuning into my podcast. For listening, the call-ins, the emails, I appreciate it. It means so much to me. My verse of the day comes from Proverbs 14. A sound heart is the life of the flesh, but envy the rottenness of the bones. The wicked is driven away in his wickedness, but the righteous has hope in his death. The last few days, I have felt anger building in me. I have felt resentment. And so, I'm turning to God to help me. Because everything that's going on in the world... It have someone like me just confused and lost and angry and frustrated. So I'm, I give it all to God and I know that he's in the midst of it and I know he's going to make some kind of miracle happen. I just have to continue to trust him. And that's what I would like for all my listeners to do, to trust God. Not allow the things that you have come in contact with in this country, in your neighborhood, in your home, to change your heart, to change your spirit, to continue to trust God and give it to Him. He's the way. He's the truth and the light. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back with my horoscope. All right, you guys. She, me, her, Anita. Love to hate to hate. From Baton Rouge, Louisiana is back with my horoscope. For those of you that are just tuning in, I'm a Taurus, May 14th. And it reads... You've kept quiet about that attraction you've been feeling for a long time, but it just can't last much longer. You really need to talk to someone about this, and your best friend or favorite sibling would be only too happy to listen. Better get it off your chest now and map out a battle plan for when they make their move, because they're about to and soon to. Um, I don't know what that is about. Um... I don't know what that means. I'm not attracted to anybody, and there isn't any attraction that I'm keeping quiet about. So, I don't know. 
couple scope. You're in exactly the right mood to spend some serious alone time with your partner. And most likely, you're going to be irresistible. It's a great time to renew your commitments. Okay. I like that. My career scope read, you've been feeling a little bored with your situation and you will do much better for yourself if you can find a way to advance your education or at least your body of knowledge. Whether it's for personal enrichment or professional gain, get back to school. Well, dear, I'm already in school. Um, but of course, this week we're out on spring break. Yay, me, because I need it. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> My final scope reads, if you can't tell your problems to your friends, who can you tell them to? Even though the issue is taboo, it's time to start talking. Your divided, I'm sorry, your dividend will be compassion. Mm, Okay, I guess. My daily flirt says someone is trying to get you to blow up and they're about halfway there. You should take a giant step back and calm down enough to give them a second or third chance. Um, that is true. And, um, it's actually, um, a little bit too late because I've already, um, didn't really blow up, but, um... I think they understood and knew that they frustrated me. And actually, that's something that I didn't want to do. I didn't want to give them the gratification that they had frustrated me. And um, I don't know exactly. Like, I don't know. I'm not exactly sure. I don't know how to really explain what I'm feeling right now. I just know that someone that I I really, really love is going through some stuff. And I feel like I am going through it with her. And as much as I want to change it and make it better for her, I don't know how I can change it and make it better without overstepping or getting in the middle of her life. So I'm trying to be supportive and be mentally strong for her. But at this point and at this time, I just feel limited to what I can do. So I don't know. It just... You know, you don't want people you love to hurt. And you see that they're doing everything they can to make everybody else around them happy. And it's just still not enough. And you just want to tell them, just let it go. But you know that they're not going to let it go. So, yeah. That's how I feel. It's just um, it's just a lot right now. Um, and so this morning, getting ready for church, and 
her situation is complicated. And so one thing went from a simple conversation to a yelling match of, of her being a fool for some man or some other man or something. I don't know. I don't I don't know. So she's gonna talk to me later about what's going on. And so I will respectfully listen without judgment. So that's what I would do. That's my that's that's my girl, so I gotta try to be there for her the best way I can without judgment. So yeah. Alright, with that being said, you guys, that's all for my horoscope. Um, I don't really have a lot today. I'm just going to do some callbacks. Um, I will do, I don't know if I'm going to do one Q&A because depending on the questions that they ask and depending on if I'm having technical issues, um, we'll see what my Q&A question will be. Um, so we, we will see. I will be back though. You guys don't go anywhere. Incidents in the life of a serial non-monogamous. I wasn't planning on meeting anyone. And I wasn't planning on liking him. It was late last summer in New York City. I had come for a work event and ended up with some extra time on my hands in the city. I should have been on a plane on my way back home to Los Angeles. But the way my airline was set up... They overbooked the flight and offered me a travel voucher plus a hotel room for the night if I took a flight the next day instead. My girlfriend and I were having a late dinner and drinks at a bar in Midtown. We'd consumed plenty of tequila and were laughing and talking when I saw him out of the corner of my eye. You can always tell when someone is sizing you up. At least I can. I could feel him looking at me even before I turned to see who it was. His silhouette was already commanding a presence in my peripheral. I turned ever so slightly to glance at him. He was looking right back at me. I flashed my cutest and slyest smiles before returning my attention to my drink. It worked. He made his way over to us, and I pretended not to notice him as I laughed at something my friend said (laughs) that wasn't even that funny. Corny, huh? I know, but that worked too. He leaned toward me and said, excuse me. His voice was deep and smooth. I turned slowly and looked a good look at him. Hi. I sat and gave him a once-over, tall, over six feet, thick, full beard, bald head, chocolate skin, a suit that looked like it was made specially for him, a matching pocket square and tie, nice shoes, an air of confidence that was noticeable but not put on. 
I had to come over here because I spotted you and that lipstick from all the way across the room, he said, smiling. His teeth were perfect. I smiled but said nothing. He leaned a little closer, his voice lower this time. I'm not trying to be funny, but you're looking like a whole snack. Can I eat you? He asked. I laughed and said, sir, loudly. My girl laughed. He turned, unshaken, to look at her. He flashed a grin at her, then turned back towards me and looked expectantly. I'm the most expensive dish on the menu, sir, I said. My girl laughed again. This time I joined her. Without missing a beat, he said, I ain't tricking if you got it. Or shall I say, it ain't tricking if you got it. The next giggle caught in my throat. Listen, if you are quick on your feet with the witty comebacks, you are well on your way to winning with me. He had my attention. We bantered back and forth for a few minutes. I signaled the bartender for my checks as he flirted with me. He was smooth. And the lines he came with after that first one were clever and flattering. He never took his eyes off me. Even when his friend walked up and stood just off to the side of us. When the bartender put my check down, he immediately snatched it up. I got it, he said. He took out an American Express card and slipped it inside without even looking at the bill. Me and my girl looked at each other and smirked. It was a player move, I must admit. He wanted us to know that the amount of the bill was of no consequence to him. He carries no balance. We see you, sir, I thought to myself. We can pay for our own check, I said. No, please, he said. Let me. More bantered as we talked. I had my phone in my hand because I was live tweeting. Everything that was happening in that moment, everything is funny. Are you texting your boyfriend, he asked. I laughed, looked back at my girl again who was giving me the look. She slowly rolled her eyes to the left and I took in his homeboy for the first time. He was cute. But he wasn't that cute. My girl could tell I was warming up to my guy, and she gave me the look like, bitch, you better not. At the same time, Mr. Mann had signed the bill and was already asking me what we were planning to do next. I made up some vague story about us having another spot to hit, and he continued smooth talking me and my girl until we were convinced to go along with them to another bar where we were joined by his brother. In an effort to both give me and my girl a moment to ourselves and not look like a creep, he arranged for us to ride in two separate lifts. My girl was only slightly annoyed, but she warned me that if his brother wasn't cute, we were leaving the next bar as soon as we walked in. His brother was very cute. We hung out with the three of them until very late, drinking, laughing, listening to music, and just having a good time. Mr. Mann and his brother invited us back to their hotel suite. It's cliche and probably a little dangerous, but we went anyway because it was summertime in New York City. We were buzzed off of alcohol, laughter, and good vibes, and the mood was right. We started out sitting in the living area as a group, but slowly broke off into pairs. We lay side by side on his bed talking about everything from my career as a writer to his lifestyle as a lawyer in Miami. He massaged my scalp. 
gave me a back rub, and he even played with my feet. I licked his lips, got high off his scent, and fell asleep with my face smashed into his chest. And I didn't drool once, thankfully. The next day, as we parted ways, we exchanged phone numbers. He saved me as to be continued in his phone. I saved him as he did that in mine because he did, in fact, do that. But it would take an entirely new column just to explain how. You have to come back. All right, with everything else that's going on across the country, Black Panther still is the United States highest grossing superhero film of all time. It is official. Black Panther is the king of superhero films. This weekend, the Marvel film became the highest domestic grossing grossing uh, superhero film of all time, not accounting for inflation, according to the Hollywood Reporter. Deadline list the movie as taking in a whopping six hundred and thirty point nine million. That figure passes the Avengers, which brought in six twenty three point four million in two thousand and twelve. So, uh, yes, I'm so excited for it. So, there's a little goodness that we can kind of hold on to. Despite the ugliness that's going on in this world, um, we have to take as much goodness as we possibly can. Despite a, a former cop who killed Sam Du Bois being awarded $350,000 in um, settlement, despite the racist um, charges that's in a terror plot against a Somalia refuge, um, getting an all-white, nearly all-white jury. Um, so, yeah. Also, there was this innocent man that was awarded $1 million after spending one, 31 years in prison. He's um, from Tennessee. He has spent 32 years in prison for a crime that DNA evidence cleared him of. Um, name was Mr. Lawrence McKinney. He was 61 years old. He was in prison in 1978 for rape and burglary before freed in 2009. The Tennessee Board of Claims grant him the compens compensation on Wednesday. Nashville attorney David Rabin, who has represented McKinney for the first six years, described the outcome as bittersweet for McKinney, who was only formally exonerated from the crimes within the last three months. Um... His attorney said, I've been a criminal defense attorney for 40 years. This is probably one of the most moving events I've ever experienced. To have someone in prison that long and to fight for years, for six years, to get him some justice, it has just been an enormous undertaking. The payment is divided into one $350,000 upfront payment, which is to cover attorney fees, debts, and cost of vehicle, followed by 3350 monthly payments for a minimum of 10 years. If he should die before those 10 years, either his wife or his estate would be eligible to collect the following monthly payments. The $1 million compensation is the highest permitted by the state, as well as the highest 
it is ever granted due to the length of time McKinney served. That's not to say that everyone is calling them on sufficient. The Board of Claims at the hearing said that they thought it was inadequate award. He pointed out that the $1 million maximum was set about 10 years ago and doesn't consider adjustments for rising cost of living. But still, if you ask McKinney, he might say that the closure of his, this chapter of his life is a blessing enough. The Board of Claims at the hearing said that they thought it was just horrible. After being released from prison nine years ago, he endured a years-long legal battle for both monetary compensation and exoneration. The parole board twice refused to formally exonerate him, even though the Shelby County Criminal Court and District Attorney General found that DNA evidence failed to link McKinney to the crime he was convicted of. Former Governor Phil Bitson, Democrat, also declined to clear his name when given the chance. It wasn't until December 2017 that current Governor Bill Haslam, Republican, completed the task for McKinney, an act that then made him eligible to seek compensation from the state. In the eyes of the judicial system, Mr. McKinney is innocent, Haslam said in a statement at the time. While I appreciate the hard work and recommendations of the Board of Parole in this case, I defer to the finding of the court charge with determining Mr. McKinney guilty or innocent. Raven shared McKinney's gratitude to the board and governor. He was very obvious, obviously very moved by all of this, Raven said of McKinney's reaction, saying he expected the exoneration would come sooner or later. He was infinitely patient, and he's also a very religious person and has extreme faith in God. As for that one million maximum, Raven said some of the board members told him that they will revisit the cap next year. Many other states have much higher amounts, he said. According to the Innocent Project, a nonprofit legal organization that fights to exonerate those who have been found wrong, wrongly convicted through DNA evidence, 18 states do not have laws that would grant compensation to individuals incarcerated for a crime they did not commit. Those states are Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas, Delaware, Georgia, Idaho, Indiana, Kansas, Kentucky, Nevada, New Mexico, North Dakota, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, South Carolina, South Dakota, and Wyoming. The Innocent Project stresses the need for adequate compensation to those who are wrongfully convicted. Recently releasing individuals often find themselves without family, friends, housing, transportation, insurance, and retirement money. In the case of those who are proven to have been wrongfully convicted through DNA, those individuals on average, spend more than 14 years behind bars before they're released. So, that's a good look. Right. All right, all right, you guys. Um, my Q&A question is... Do I believe spankings is necessary and should spankings be brought into the school system? Mr. Blackness. Mr. Blackness, okay. Um, I believe in spankings, but I believe that the spankings should be for a legitimate reason. I don't think that Children should just get spankings just to get spankings. Um, 
I was a product of a spanking, of a whooping. You know, I got whippings. I also got spankings at school. Um, I'm not going to say that I was bad in school, but me and, you know, best friend, we had skipped, skipped class twice, and it wasn't even on purpose, but we were late. And so instead of us going to the office and probably getting in-school suspension, we just tried to just not go and just cut class. And um, we got caught. And both of us got a spanking. Um, paddling is what you call it in, in school. Um, but I, And I spanked my children um, because I believe in spankings. I don't believe in beating children. I don't think you should leave marks over children. I don't think you should discipline them when you're mad or you're angry with them. Um, but I do believe in spankings, and I don't think anything is wrong with it. And I do think that some parents should have maybe spanked their, their children once or twice. And maybe some things wouldn't have been the way that it is with their children. But this is just my personal opinion, um, not anyone else. So this is just my view on things. Um, so no one else has to um, agree with me, but, you know, this is just my opinion. This is just how I view things. So, yeah. There you have it. And I have callers. Talk to me. I need a love to hate to hate here. Listen to your segment on your thoughts on the recent shooting in Sacramento. Um, it, it's just a sad tragedy. I mean, it's, it's just like a, a repeat. It's like a recording that you have in your on your DVR where you just can go back and replay it over and over and over, and it's the same thing. Didn't comply. Thought they had a gun. Resisted arrest. But when you shoot someone twenty times. Were you really intending on bringing him in? Like, what was him running away did to cause you all to shoot 20 times? I, I, didn't, I didn't understand that, and I, I will never understand that, and no one is going to make me understand that. No one is going to make me understand that, because I have family members that are police officers, and they constantly say there are ways around... Um, I need a love to hate to hate here. Listen to your segment on your thoughts on the recent shooting in Sacramento. Um, it, it's just a sad tragedy. I mean, it's, it's just like a, a repeat. It's like a recording that you have in your on your DVR where you just can go back and replay it over and over and over. And it's the same thing. Didn't comply. Thought they had a gun. Resisted arrest. But when you shoot someone 20 times. Were you really intending on bringing him in? Like, what was him running away did to cause you all to shoot 20 times? I, I, didn't, I didn't understand that, and I, I will never understand that, and no one is going to make me understand that. No one is going to make me understand that, because I have family members that are police officers, and they constantly say there are ways around um, Um, a follow-up to my answer. Um, yeah, I have family members that are police officers, and they always say there are ways around apprehending a suspect 
um, without shooting to kill. Not every situation has to be a special force. They always speak on that. And they know that their family members are fearful and scared of police officers. And they always try to reiterate to us, not all police officers are bad. And I say the same thing I say on my podcast. We all know that not all are bad, but we have to decipher through the good to get to, I mean, the bad to get to the good. And I don't think we should have to do that because I feel like everyone in every department know who is the bad seed. But it's just a sad situation, especially when you have children and, you know, loved ones. You just you just get. Yes, my final thought on that. Um, we don't, I, at this point, we just don't know what to do. And I think if we had to sit down, I would ask, what is it that you want us to do? Besides change our skin color, we can't change that. But, like, why do you hate us? Like, what is it about race of people that police officers that cannot stand? Like, what is it that you would like for us to do? Hey, Anita, this is John Rosenberg. Listen, I do understand your, 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 your point of view, but like I said, how do we stop that? First of all, we can't stop it because the reason why, because it, it is prophesized um, that our people are going to suffer for a period of time before we rise up as a nation, as a people. But um, that's just on a spiritual level. Now, where we go about it, as far as like, um, I think the next thing is to separate. Um, I know Falcon speak about separation. It's just like any relationship. When you somebody abuses you, they misuse you. After a while, you want to separate. You want to break away. But there's a friendship. Where there's a uh, 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 a relationship, a marriage. You want to divorce. You want to separate. And I think black people, we, we, we reach that level to separate. So that's my take on that. So you can have to pardon my French. But that shit is fucked up. That, I mean, I have read, I have seen um, videos. I've, I, I, I've seen commentary. I've read stuff on, the, on Instagram. But to hear it in your voice... All the fuck, excuse my language, all the messed up things that cops have done, like it, like it hurts your heart. It, it makes you think like, like, how can I continue to get up every morning and hope that something like that doesn't happen to me? Man, I was, uh, I was getting my hair twist, twisted and the woman who, who does my hair, she was telling me that. Her son died in jail. In jail. They strangled him. DJ Holmes, I need a lot to hate to hate here. When I read it, I was reading it to my daughter, and she said, Ma, read it on your podcast. And I said, well, no. I said, because people don't listen all the time. And she said, this may be the time they plenty listen. And she said, and even if only one or two people listen, you always said your point is just as long as someone's listening. And so I did. And actually, when I, I read it on my podcast, I had to almost here and there change the tone in which I was saying it because I was getting choked up. <clears throat> 
I think the biggest question is why other people don't see this in upper positions? Why they don't care? So this is what I know. I know that other people see. They know what's going on. I think the issue is they are trying to deal with the fact that they are still trying to determine whether or not we are 100% human and then therefore worth their time and attention. They see us as other. And it's not until the issue affects them that it's important. DJ Holmes, I totally agree. I kind of went off on somebody on Twitter with the recent incident with the 23-year-old father of two being gunned down by the police in his own yard. And some people were saying, well, he should have complied, he shouldn't comply, and I literally lost it. Usually, if I say something and someone try to come at me about my opinion, I block their asses so they can't reply back to me. I was for it because I was so PO'd because I'm like, are you blind? Are you dumb? Can you not see the video? And I said, no, 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 no. And then I sent that message and then I sent another. I said, you people are not going to get it until they start killing you people. Once they finish killing these people, black and Hispanics, who you think next? But also, they tried to come back and justify what their reasoning was for that. And I, I explained to them, I said, if you were in your yard and someone walked up to you with flashlights telling you to put your hands up, you're not going to tell me your reaction would be the same. You're not going to tell me that. I said, these police officers did just what they wanted to do. They they said he may have had a gun, he had a crowbar or something, and then it comes with all he had was a cell phone. You know why they did that? They spent that in the news media so that they can go ahead and feed the society mind that's for pro-police, pro-blue, so that when the truth come out, they can still be excused for what they did. So that people like ignorant, closed-minded people don't want to see the truth, don't want to be honest, and don't want to call these polices that are bad out for what they are. So they planted this seed of manipulation to get people to believe, oh, well, he should have complied. Just be quiet. But at this point, I have pretty much changed a lot of things that I do. You know, I love going to New Orleans where I used to. And we go to concert, we go to the Pelican games and things of that nature. And a lot of that has changed. And it's not just because the violence in the black neighborhoods and different things like that. It's just you don't want to get pulled over by the police and you don't know what the outcome is going to be. You don't know what is going to happen. Like, you don't understand any of that. There was an incident with me and uh, my husband when we were 17 um, when I was 17 years old, because he was a little older than me, and the police beat him bad. So when you don't know, I would prefer you just be quiet and just not say anything rather than pose an opinion of something you don't know or just ask questions. You know what? So, like, that hurts my heart to hear that. Um, but 
Every time I get in the car, like I'm always think I'm always double checking. Do I have my license? Do I have my my registration? Do I have my my insurance? And <clears throat> even though like re- the reality is that at least two of those three things are always in my car. And since they've changed the laws electronically is good enough, you know, in terms of your insurance, um, it is still an issue for me. Um, I used to I used to speed all the time. I used to speed all the time. Um and an- another reality was, you, you, well, I live in Baton Rouge, too. And for a while, I lived and worked. Well, I shouldn't say lived and worked. I was a student at LSU and worked at LSU. And so I had an LSU hang tag. And when I would get stopped, they would always ask the question, well, are you an LSU student? And I would say yes. What I realized from that was as long as I was an LSU student, I was acceptable. I was palatable. I was much more important than if I were a Southern student. And at the time, I had just transferred from Southern. So I had—I actually had Southern plates. I had Southern plates. And you remember like when the Southern plate, like having a Southern plate was like the thing, right? Um, so I had my Southern plates. And in the front, I had my LSU hang tag. And he was just like, well, why do you have Southern plates and an LSU hang tag? And all I came quick. Quick, fast, in a hurry. My mom bought me the car. <laughs> I'm making light of the situation, but the reality was, was cops let me go every single time because of that LSU hang tag. I kid you not. But what I don't want anyone to do is I don't want anyone to get the misinterpretation that it's just because I went to LSU that I had it easy. I didn't have it easy. Um, I remember my first LSU game, and I was like, I was feeling some kind of way because it was like it wasn't Southern. Like nothing about it was Southern. So I'm walking. I'm you know I'm trying to get to the game, and and some people from, or at least they were wearing LSU paraphernalia. You know they you know they called me a nigger and like what are you doing here you know like you're not supposed to be here are you a football player are you like like those are the things that people were saying about me not now I know that those people they didn't I mean nine times out of ten they weren't even they had never been students at LSU but that was what I was greeted with when I was there so you know I need a love to hate to hate here. I'm the same way. I have to make sure I have my license, check my insurance. When my daughter leaves, I'm like, make sure you have your license. Make sure you have this. Don't stop for anyone. If the police come, do exactly what they say. But try to call me as soon as they, they pulling you over or whatever. And it's crazy. that you, you have to coach your children. And it's like you're coaching everybody on police etiquette. Police whatnot. You know? It's like... It's almost like they are trying to bring slavery back. That's really how I feel. Like, let me get permission to drive my vehicle. I'm not breaking the law. I'm not speeding. I'm not making illegal turns, but you still have the right to stop me. You still have the right to harass me. You still have the right to shoot me down. So, yeah, but I agree I'm the same way. I need a love to hate to hate here about LSU. Everybody in my family is a huge LSU Southern fan. 
And it's been going on for years. They go to the football games. They go to the tailgate, and they do all that stuff. And they've never had an issue with those type of things. But I have. When I went, they look at you crazy. And then at work, you know, they get to talking about the game. The first thing they say, well, how was Southern game? Southern game was great. I didn't go to it. Um, we tailgated at LSU. Oh, really? You know, I got that a lot. Um, it's like you shouldn't be a fan of LSU because you should be a fan of Southern because you're black. So I got that a lot. Um, and that was one reason why I didn't want my daughter to get a Southern um, license plate because I didn't want that. I didn't want the picking and harassing. So I'm like, we're not getting, we're not getting a Southern tag. I know that's sad, but it's the truth. I mean, we just not. All right, all right, all right. I've had my callers. I did my Q and A. I've replied to two emails. Um, thank you all for listening to my podcast, for tuning in, for the call-ins, for the questions, for all of that. It means so much to me. I appreciate it. I hope you guys are having a fabulous, sweet Sunday. I hope it's going according to your plan and God's plan for you. Blessings unto you all. Always stay true to yourself. Never allow someone else's opinion or thoughts of you to dictate what you think or feel of yourself. Remember to live, love, and laugh and allow God to be God. Peace and love, you guys. Peace and love. I need a love to hate to hate. The podcast you just heard was recorded with Anchor. If you want to make your own, download the Android or iOS app completely free from anchor.fm slash podcast. That's anchor.fm slash podcast.